2: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
4: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We are back with episode 75, and we have a mega load of podcast coming at you right now. I'm with Andy. It's Saturday morning. Uh, the big news has kind of faded into reality. And now we are sitting here ready to discuss maybe the biggest thing to happen to the New York Rangers in the last 15 years. They buy out our king, Henrik Lundqvist, is no longer a New York Ranger. Andy, what are your initial thoughts? Tell me how you're feeling on this. What is it? It's a crispy October morning.
2: Yeah. Um, man, it it was surreal. Like it we kind of had the feeling it was coming. Um, there was plenty of warnings from insiders and beat writers that it was most likely happening. And it also, by all accounts, it seems to be mutual because it was the only thing that fulfilled both sides' desires of what they wanted to do. And it's just sad, man. You know, because we're a week out from the draft, the Rangers have the first overall pick. They made it to the bubble by hooker by crook uh, for the play-in. Artemi Panarin almost won the Hart Trophy. Mika Zibanejad scored over 40 goals. They have a litany of young talent, and they have two outstanding young goaltenders right now who are mo- at the as as it stands right now are most likely going to be deployed in a tandem next season. And the future is so insanely bright. And just but thinking about it with this news of of Lundqvist finally getting bought out is just. It's sad, man. It's bittersweet. It's you know, a part of me is mad they didn't do this. They should have done this earlier. But I think it's just ultimately kind of symbolic of that of the what he's done for this organization and the fact that that shadow is so large that it almost they just were too. You know, he he made them so much better than they had any business being. You know, I look at some of these teams that would dip in and out of the playoffs in that span where the Rangers were competitive and on paper and just the the talent disparity is is wild it's just the rangers never had through that whole run you can argue when he first got there you had Yager, Strachan and neilander and a bunch of nobodies uh but just yeah when they were in there at his peak it was they didn't have any elite talent they didn't have a panarin they didn't have a Zabanajad. you know they didn't have a, a d- young defenseman as gifted as offensively as uh tony d'angelo or adam Fo- a two-way guy like adam fox who's just super heady you know no re- respect that, to mcdonough because he's obviously was a great player as well but that was really it you know so it's just sad that they never gave him the help he needed and obviously with the outpouring of support and praise for lundquist you know you, the numbers start coming out uh he's obviously when he's he's the the franchise leader in every single goaltending category for the Rangers six all time in wins in the National Hockey League which is it's just and then you look at the advanced metrics which is just kind of for goaltending is still in its infancy and it's crazy it's absolutely crazy I think he I I don't have it up but in terms of just expected wins like wins above replacement I I think he's at something like the second highest would be Tuka Rask I think Lundquist has his expected win rate is, I think it's something insane, almost like seventy-five games higher. It's just ridiculous. It's just it, he's so he was so good, and it's kind of hard to appreciate sometimes because he, Rangers fans would chant his name when he would make a crazy save, but he would just make breakaways, which should be absolutely, and two on ones, and just, just things that. The, you know, his teammates probably should have been reamed out for and shouldn't should, should only happen with a terrible gaff would happen with regularity. And he just stopped them. That's how good he was. He was almost unbeatable in shootouts. You know that the season he won the Vesna It was insane how dialed in he was his body language. You could just tell he had that that stance. He was always over the puck. He was always square to it. You never caught him by surprise. If you did somehow get it over, he ex- he's explosive. He'd get over and snare it out of the, out of the sky before it you know it was in his top corner. He, yeah, he just looked unbeatable. And uh, man, it's just it's really bittersweet because you know I was talking to this with someone the other day. Is that I have all the reverence in the world for the Greshners and the Jackmans and you know uh, the Rattels and the Howells and so on and so forth, but they were before my time. You know, I I love the '94 team, but I was so you know I was seven, so those guys were kind of more like superheroes that came out of the sky to me. To yeah. but to watch Hank in real time come here as a rookie and then forge his legacy and be lockstep with him every step of the way, man, this one hurts. I don't know if I'll ever feel this way about a Rangers player. You know, he's literally there's very few players in the National Hockey League where you can say. um, they uh, they're that they have made a a huge mark like it's one thing to like oh they were good players and so brought success to their organization but certain players are just kind of intrinsically tied like the Washington Alex Ovechkin kind of is the Washington Capitals you know Uh, I think Crosby's a little bit different in Pittsburgh because he always had Malkin too but and he had good teams around him and he came in when Lemieux was there but you know Lundquist was the Rangers for so long it was just him and it takes a a rare type of person to do that. And just to see not only how he handled that and the the glitz and the glam and he, and he, he loved it and he embraced it in the city and then how he goes out with the series of just like heartfelt and, you know, cool messages. It was so classy and that's just, everyone just, he says it's classy. So, you know, I could obviously talk about Hank for forever, but it was sad, but just to see, him come out like go out and clearly saying it on his own terms or just saying you know what i'm not ready to finish playing yet i don't really know what's next but i'm gonna he's clearly gonna gauge interest around the league but just to it didn't seem like there was animosity john davidson said that all talks were good and that everyone just wanted it to to be so it is kind of is what it is so i wish him all the best no matter where he goes i hope he does get that cup because he he definitely deserves it my in my you know at least he deserves a chance in my estimation.
4: I'm going to give everyone a second here to just wipe away your tears and oh, uh, kind of dry your <laughs> eyes. Um, Yeah, I so listen, I've been on the trade Hank bandwagon for, no, it's not even, I was driving that train uh, for a while, and and it wasn't ever out of disrespect for Hank. I was the first person to say that he was the success of the New York Rangers. He carried us. Literally carried us throughout the playoffs. He won us single-handedly Game Sevens by literally blocking fifty-plus shots to do so against some of the best, you know, goal scorers in the game, especially the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin uh, and, and and the Penguins. It just seems like we ran into them every year, and our goal was just to beat them two to one because we knew we couldn't score more than three goals, and I think Hank knew that too. And you just saw him move into a different gear and just dominate the game and hockey is probably the most team oriented sport where you rely so much on your teammates but hank made it a one-man show and he literally doesn't leave the crease and for him to be able to dictate a game from just one spot on the ice was unbelievable to see and i wasn't a goalie growing up i was a forward so I think a lot of kids in especially like the kids that you know grew up playing youth hockey that are forwards or even defensemen you kind of you know look at the goal scorers and the stats and who's got the most points in the league and you kind of you know judge the best players in the league off those stats but Hank didn't have that those stats he literally was carrying an entire hockey team for years and the Rangers kind of had a revolving door of band-aids to stick onto those teams to help win him a cup. We came close. We never got it done. We weren't good enough to ever really get it done offensive-wise. And, you know, for him to be able to do what he did, like, I, I'm so appreciative. Like, I would have never, if we had just a normal goaltender, we would have never sniffed a Stanley Cup final. It just wouldn't be reality. Um, I wanted to trade Hank because I knew... We needed more, like we needed more from you know our roster, and Hank was really the only piece to to really move and hopefully be able to draft or bring in young talent. And for years, I called for a Henrik Lundqvist trade, and because I just knew that he was almost too good, and he maxed all the problems and deficiencies that the Rangers had. And you know, uh, listen. I don't know. Listen, I'm sad because it is my youth. It was my prime years of watching New York Rangers hockey, you know, while I I was still playing the game. And and, you know, it it just was something that, you know, it meant the world to me to watch. And I'm so glad I got to watch meaningful hockey during those years. But at the same time, you know, we didn't get a Stanley Cup, which hurt. Um, So I'm a little bitter with that. Uh, not his fault obviously it's just frustrating to see the organization kind of I feel like failed him and I hope he doesn't have any ill will
2: towards that you know do you think he does no I don't I think he understands. you could kind of tell in how he resigned he's looked recently I think he understands that he had it it's it's not guaranteed and uh you know I was listening to I think TSN radio or sportsnet radio or whatever the other day and Brian Burke who has you know wild takes would said it best he's like you know that we have 31 te- there're 31 teams in the National Hockey League right now and soon to be 32 so at some point you have to do the math it becomes every every it be- it's, it becomes harder and harder and more unlikely to win it for a, te- a player to win the Stanley Cup without constantly moving around you know what i mean like there's so many good players you know we you and i were talking about the other day at Sundin Daniel Alfredson like even ray Uh, bork you know like yeah right like well thank god Ray got it it. but but you know it's one of those things where it's just it's so highly unlikely and you know what if what if ray does make that move and doesn't get it or if you know hasik does go to to detroit and for whatever reason it doesn't work out you know it's it's it you know it did which is great you know it's, it's it's almost like But, you know, it's there are instances where it doesn't, you know, again, where where it doesn't work out. And then a part of you is just like, well, you know, he probably in hindsight, he should have just like, you know, retired with the flames or whatever. You know, so it's so tough, man, because it's like there's you're never guaranteed anything. And it's so much is is situation. And, you know, uh, I don't know what Lundquist does next. I think he'll he'll definitely gauge interest. Um, You know, we've heard. Well, at first there was talk that he actually liked from a quality of life, Arizona was a place where he thought he might like, but considering what they're, they're now JK, we're rebuilding again, LOL. That's probably not going to happen. So I do, I do wonder where, where, you know, there are spots, but it's just about, do they, do they want him? And, you know, also, cause I know he wants to win, but at the same time you have to kind of weigh wanting to win with, uh, does that mean I am going to get as many starts as I want? Cause I'm sure there's plenty of places that would, you know, I'm sure Detroit would take him in a heartbeat just to have him there. You know, if they could afford him. Yeah. But, I, you know, you don't want it. He don't. That's why would you do that? That's even worse than when he was going through the last few seasons. So, uh, yeah, I guess the hope is that a a Colorado or a who knows a Boston or a Washington or you know more San I guess well San I, we heard San Jose is looking at Dubnyk to go with Martin Jones, which is absolutely horrible. But that's another podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what the interest is. I'm sure he'll gauge it. There's so many goalies out there, but, um, you know, hopefully he can find something that works for him. Yeah.
4: You know, I I mean, I want him to go to Colorado because I just like that organization. I think, you know, they're probably the most I mean, they were obviously uh, knocked out of the playoffs because they didn't have a starting NHL goaltender at the time. So, you know, I think they're the closest to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, They're in most need of a goaltender right now. Uh, Boston also makes sense if, uh, you know, if, if they're willing, you know, if they're willing to make room for him, uh, I don't know what their cap space is. Um, but again, listen, I'm, I want Hank to win a Stanley cup. I don't think he should give up. Like, I don't think he should, you know, be done with the NHL and move on to Sweden. Um, but I also don't think it's worth his while to go to a team just for going to a team, you know, I think he really needs to go to a true contender. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, I guess it's quality of life at this point. But, you know, I think he should take the next two years and really just try to take a crack at it, even if he doesn't really like the the city as much.
2: No, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I guess the the beauty of, well, for, for him, maybe not so much the Rangers, but the beauty of buying him out now is that that was really the one thing because it's I don't think it was ever a question of teams not like thinking the player could help them it's always just been that contract is you know even older Lundquist is you know if you look into the numbers uh it shows that he's still at least a a competent league starter he's not going to put up the the strong consistent numbers he did you know uh in his prime but you know, he could still give you, you know, he's been the Rangers defense is not, you know, spoiler alert has, or, or newsflash, I guess, has not been good the last few seasons. You know, we yeah. we are only now bringing in Jacques Martin to hopefully stabilize things as that uh, young D gets older and you know, gets a little bit more mature and seasoned. So, um, but yeah, if he, he goes to a place like if he goes to Vegas, if they if they're done with Flurry and they say, you know what, we can have Robin Lehner and then we can have Hank as a tandem. And two guys, you know, Laner's arguably in his prime right now is playing good hockey and Lunquist would be a good one B, you know, and those guys, they have a good relationship. I think, you know, Laner and, uh, actually trained with Lundquist like old team or something, or as a kid. So Hank remembers him like sticking around as like a teenager when he was a, a young man. So yeah, that'd be interesting. And I think, you know, Vegas kind of su- suits a guy like Lundquist. And more importantly, they play a well-structured uh, defense, you know? Yeah. I don't think he'll ever... I think it'll be very weird for him to see a team that, like, really just box his guys to the outside on a consistent basis and makes it hard for them to score. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think he'll be like, what is this? Yeah, no. But, but I, yeah. No, I, and uh, another thing, too,
4: you know, with Hank, um, you know, and th- there's no pressure on him now. Like, it, there's no... You don't need to be... He doesn't need to be the Hank of old. Like, he doesn't need to be the man like he should show up whatever team he's on and know that the pressure isn't on him really to stop the puck. It'll be on the surrounding team, you know, to to play well. It'll be yeah. a true team, you know, with the with with all the Ranger runs and everything. The highlight of the Rangers was, well, you know, the I should say the, um, you know, the game plan going in was like, how well is Lundquist going to play tonight? Like because they knew that if Lundquist didn't play well, well, that's it. They can't outscore their opponent. Like they're pretty much screwed. So, you know, this is going to be a not a stress free run, but, you know, a less stressful situation for him. And, you know, listen, I don't think he's a starter, but he's got, he's a good platoon goalie. He doesn't need to play, you know, 70 games. You know, just give him like the, you know, if he wants to be a starter, I'd
2: lean him towards 45, 50 starts, maybe. What? Yeah. Well, you know, James, the beauty of, the only thing that I think works for him in terms of because he loves to play is that they're this truncated season that's coming up. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a lot of back to back, even if they cut the schedule down, because they're going to try to finish on track and on time. So it's going to be a little condensed. So he's going to, you know, it's not your, your start. Your main guy is going to have less time to rest. So I do think if he goes into a situation like that, he will get more starts than maybe he would get under normal, normal circumstances, you know. So, yeah, that at least plays in his favor. Um. With that, actually, I got a little scoop. I don't Ooh. think I can say it on on the
4: podcast, but I'll I get it. I'll hear it after. Yeah,
2: you'll get it after. Listen, um, yeah, listeners, use your you inf, try to infer what's going on. Yeah. So, no, okay. it's uh no, it's
4: very it's 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 good news. It's good news. Right. Oh, it's good. Um, knock on wood. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, listen. Again, Hank, I want you to win a cup, but at the same time, I thank you. But also too, like I wish he demanded more because I really thought we were a couple players away from winning the Stanley Cup. And that's the last thing, I'll I'll stop chirping him. Um. Oh, also, he wasn't good at playing the puck. Oh no, heavens no! I just want that to like to be known. I know he's got like all these crazy stats. I couldn't even tell you how many times he gave me a heart attack playing the puck, either behind <laughs> yeah. the net or coming out like
2: along the boards. Holy. Yeah. He was not the third defenseman. Uh, you know, I, that's I think that's karma. It's like you can be this handsome, you can yeah. be this good at goaltending, you can have a giant penis, but <laughs> you can't you can't play the puck, and you're you're going to be so good that uh, it's going to cause your, your whoever your GM is to overlook the fact that the people the bombs in front of you stink. So, All right. yeah. well, All right. okay, so another big buyout that happened
4: that I think more Ranger fans were. Thankful, but relieved is is a really good word. Mark Stahl gets bought out Uh, again with Stahl. He's another Ranger that uh, I'm sorry. He gets traded. He didn't get bought out. I'm looking at the buyout history for the Rangers right now. Um, He gets traded to the Detroit Red Wings, which I think is maybe the trade
2: of the century. I mean, man, uh, I i can't even it, it caught me so by surprise just because i was just it wasn't even in my
4: yeah i never thought it was, was an possible.
2: option I and didn't
4: think it was an option
2: and you know yeah because you know listen there was one mark had one year left i think we as ranger fans were like all right they're they're probably gonna especially hearing the news about lundquist they're like they're probably just gonna try to ride, you know <laughs> whatever just just grit their teeth and take it but i mean damn you know, talk, and I mean this with all due respect to Mark Saul, but talk about addition by subtraction and, you know, it makes a lot of sense for both teams. Steve Iserman, you have that cap space. He has to, he needs picks. So definitely weaponize it, you know, and he's doing it by taking on a guy that's only for this year. So he'll have space to do that again, you know, the following season, if he need, if need be. And yeah, I'm sure he was looking at a bunch of guys in that similar situation, but, uh, yeah he got to the rangers first apparently or um or the rangers got to them first i think you know actually i'd imagine it'd be the other way around but yeah i mean it excellent move i think good move for both sides because the rangers do need to move on and it it is like i said it unfortunately is addition by subtraction and that cap hit and yeah it just kind of feels like they're they're wiping the stone clean kind of you know i think uh Brendan Smith is now the oldest player on their roster, I think he's what 20, uh, thirty, well, think, maybe. Uh,
4: uh, Brendan Smith is
2: thirty-one. Okay, yeah, he's the oldest player on their roster. You know, yeah, Kreider, I think, is turning thirty. So, or he's twenty-nine right now. He's so, um, yeah. it's wild to think they're definitely the net na- now. They're definitely the the youngest team in the National Hockey League. You know, especially as as uh, Lafreniere comes in next season. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the whole thing with listen, Mark Stahl was.
4: I really do think he was the worst player in the league last year. So to be able to get rid of him and send the second round pick. Uh, Take it. <laughs> to Detroit, it was like they couldn't do us a bigger favor. I, I I honestly probably would have thrown the first round, the 22nd overall pick in there. <laughs> honestly, it meant that much. Like,
0: you yeah. have
4: so much money on the books. And and now it makes sense looking at the Lundquist buyout, because this year. you know has a hit of 5.5 million so um yeah i i mean i don't really want to give mark stall
2: like a a, like a farewell like (laughs) acknowledgement so we can kind of you can you can you can do it oh all right so you know i'll and i'm gonna do this as fair listen mark stall to me is a is a tale of two two players you know there's young rookie mark stall who was yeah i think whether he got hurt or concussion or the eye thing or not, I think Mark may have settled would have settled in nicely into just a second pairing, number four defenseman role. Um, at it with his kind of more stay at home style and good on the puck defense. And yeah, and honestly, early Mark Stahl, you know, be playing so tight on Ovechkin and making it you know things a nightmare for Crosby and Malkin and those guys, you know, his, his metropolitan rivals. Uh, yeah, I thought he did. Well, you know, unfortunately, he uh his brother hit, you know, concusses him in a in a real bad hit and he was never the same. And then he takes that puck to the eye, which compounds it. And then he, he rushes himself back. And it just it, you could see it just fundamentally changed the type of defense when he was, you know, he clearly didn't regain, you know, full vision in that eye. So and yeah, he just the concussions you could just tell from from being road worn, he just never was as spry or as alert or as quick and, or as motivated to not, you know, just going down at inopportune times and reaching with a stick. So, you know, I won't doubt he was a warrior and that he cared and, you know, was a good ambassador for the Rangers. Um, you know, it's a shame his on the ice play just really, really started to take a dip going into the, the Rangers cup run, you know, both him and Girardi were just breaking down and, uh, you know they were kind of resting on past laurels a bit, but listen, I mean, um, you know, by all accounts, the guy was a hilarious teammate, very funny. Uh, is one, a very long tenured ranger. You know, put his body on the line, and you know, even if the results maybe weren't weren't there towards the end or or for you know the last few years, I, I, he clearly loved being a ranger and clearly cared. So, yeah, I don't. At the end of the day, it's like I it kind of becomes harder for me to blame those guys as it is to like GM for not doing what they should have done sooner, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So, uh, you know, I uh, hope, you know, Mark, listen, Mark is actually going to a place where his play on the ice is wanted, you know? So in some ways it's, it's kind of perfect. He's a perfect situation. Cause that, that will be short lived. Well, yeah, he's only got a year left. I don't know. I doubt they resign him after this year, but who knows? Maybe they bring him back if they're like, cause you know, Eiserman uh, was really hoping he'd have a shot at first overall this year, and he didn't. So he's going to try to go for it again next year, and who knows, maybe the year after that. So there might be a place for Robo Stall there. So Mark, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, best of luck. Thank you. You were you a warrior. You no, know, you don't get take that away from you. So um, you know, uh, but Ariva Darchi. That's that's all I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. So before we talk about the Rangers as they head into the draft and free agency uh we have a special interview this week i was lucky enough to sit down and have a conversation with steven vogel uh aka stat boy steven on twitter uh you might know him as a uh, rangers fan who lives in europe he is a contributor to forever blue shirts he has his own uh podcast called under review uh yeah he's very well versed on rangers statistics um the cba and european prospects so yeah it was a fascinating conversation he's an extremely knowledgeable guy and has excellent insight into yeah all things new york Rangers. so it was a lot of fun so we're going to throw it to a quick commercial to one of our uh fellow shows here on the hockey podcast network and then we will have our interview with steven vogel
3: do you want a true champion's perspective well come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Neunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony. Anthony Nunchwander. It's any U E N. It's Schwander Anthony Schwander it... Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know. I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on, you only took it for four years. I took it for two. It took it for two years? Oh, no. J-Do yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German 2. Oh, you, you, only, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> No, we weren't terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. I'm uh, not going to mention names. i not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Our
2: guest on today's podcast is one of the hosts of the Under Review Podcast, he's a contributor to Forever Blue Shirts and a source for stats and information about Rangers prospects all over the world. Please, everyone, welcome to the Broadway Boys podcast. Long overdue, Stat Boy Steven himself, Steven Vogel. Steven, what is going on, man?
1: Hey, man. Um, doing pretty good. You know, uh, I mean, life with a travel ban still sucks, but what are we going to do? I mean, it's a global pandemic. Uh, but yeah, hockey's starting up in Europe, so exciting times, finally.
2: No, I definitely hear that. Uh, it's very strange, at least here stateside for us, because it's like usually we're gearing up for a ranger season, and and then it's, but now it's like hockey's coming to a close instead. Although with the the draft coming up, and yeah, it seemed seeming like hopefully if they a shorter I guess uh, time between the seasons to make sure things don't get totally off track, it might not be too long. But it's just a little surreal. But uh, yeah, to your point. It's great that, you know, we have the SHL starting up, uh, Liga, KHL. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely, I'm, I'm sure you're excited that there's, uh, you have something to bridge those gaps, um, which is actually kind of what I want to get started because you are, like, like I had mentioned up top, you are a diehard Rangers fan, but you were also a fan of uh, European hockey. So I do want to know, I want to know your story. I want to know how you got into hockey, and I want to know how specifically then you became a Rangers fan.
1: All right. Now, this is always a fun story. Um, so I grew up in the Netherlands. Uh, it's a country where people don't really watch hockey. It's more a soccer country and speed skating um, and field hockey. Uh, but I was about six or seven years old, and there was this TV station called Screen Sport, and they were showing NHL highlights. Um, and I came home from school, and I just I was watching TV in the afternoon until my, uh, my, my dad came home from work. And the NHL highlights were always fun to watch. And I just got into it like 1991, 92. And um, yeah, I got really interested in, uh, in the NHL and the different teams. And my dad would actually once a week go to the American bookstore in, uh, in The Hague and buy me the New York Post. So once a week, I could, I could read the New York Post. And there were three teams covered in the New York Post, the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers. And for some reason, I was drawn more towards the Rangers because they were the only team without a logo on their jersey. And I thought that was weird. So you can thank the Diagonal Ranger letters on the jersey for this.
2: Uh, Wow. I mean, that's pretty wild. And I mean you know, being the New York Post, uh, you're, are you reading Larry Brooks articles? Is that your, once you make your choice between the coverage of all, of all three?
1: I honestly don't remember who wrote the articles back then. This was like the early nineties. So yeah. I don't know if Larry Brooks was already with the New York Post at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my mom still has a box full of these old New York Post, uh, issues like in the basement. So uh, I live in Austria now, so it's a lot harder to get my hands on that. But when I when I when the travel ban is over and I go back to visit, I'll see if I can pick them up. That would that will be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean the the couple of Dutch people I know that do follow hockey either support the Penguins or the Flyers. Um, the Flyers because they play in orange, which is our yeah. national color. Yeah. And the Penguins because of Jager because. If you ask a Dutch person to name two hockey players, it's Gretzky and Yager. Those wow. are the two they know.
2: I mean, if you know, if you can only know two, that's not a, not a bad two to know. Uh, so your 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 mom is bringing you the New York Post. What what is next? You 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 gravitate towards the Rangers, so you make it your mission to try to watch Ranger games and try to uh, consume as much information as possible. Uh, are there any challenges to that, just with time differences, or just trying to get v- uh, video footage? If you're saying this is the yeah. 90s,
1: I mean, it's not, not just that, but like 10, 11, 12 year old me is not going to watch a game at 1 a.m. at night. It, so, well, that, yeah, uh, that's
2: the big thing, right?
1: <laughs> so, so, how are you
2: disseminating your Rangers information outside of, of the post?
1: Um, well, my dad was one of the one of the early adapters of internet at home, so I was lucky in that regard that I was able to to look up some stuff online and it wasn't as streamlined as it is today, you know? Yeah. Um, So the New York times would have like, like two or three lines. Um, And then other uh, like news, most newspapers didn't have a website back then. This was like the early nineties. But, you know, you, you find your way around the old internet and uh, you know, you, you find some, some results and, and then the, uh, the 93, 94 season started up. And the further the Rangers got in the season, the more highlights they were showing on TV. Um, this, uh, the TV, TV channel I, I mentioned, Screen Sport. they merged with Eurosport later on, and Eurosport is still around. Um, so for me, watching the Rangers was mostly uh, watching condensed highlights the next day after school. Um, the 15, 20-minute highlights like you see on YouTube these days. Um, and yeah, it was just that's just how I got into it. And like being from Europe, I gravitated more towards the European players: Karpovtsev, Nedved, Zubov. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun to to follow the Rangers, and and it was sort of like you know a side thing for me at first. You know, hockey was yeah. sort of like a, a, a side hobby. I was a huge soccer fan when I was a kid. I was a fan of Ajax from Amsterdam. They won the Champions League in 95. That was a huge thing. Um, and then, you know, as you get older, you start to... It's its the same with food, you know. You you start to like different types of food that you maybe didn't really like as a kid. And in, like, the early 2000s, I started to gravitate more to watching hockey and, and less to watching the traditional European sports. And, um, yeah, you and then you had these these streams in the middle of the night with like 200 by 300 uh, pixels and <laughs> and it was it was impossible to see the puck which for me was actually a blessing because it made me watch hockey in a different way i was more looking at the motion of the players rather than trying to to track the puck so i could at 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 that stage i could usually see where the puck was based on how the players moved which is an interesting way of watching hockey, um, and then just over time it, it evolves you know and in the in the late two late 2000s you get h d. streaming and yeah, now it's just it's 2020 and yeah you can you can watch everything in h d and uh yeah, uh, another thing that Americans have that we don't really have in Europe is uh that that different teams they have their own commentators for the game um and at first i never realized you know i was just watching a game and whatever commentary was on tv i just listened to it and only about 10 years ago i really got into the fact that oh okay so they have msg the broadcast and then they have their own announcers for the game interesting and then i couldn't watch a game without listening to sam and, uh, to, to sam rosen if i was watching a rangers game and it wasn't sam rosen it felt like something was missing
2: no, oh, I, I, I definitely feel that now as, as someone who lives here. It's just very strange. Even you know, even with the NBC game, that just it there's a different feel to it. it. Doesn't doesn't tinge on my heartstrings the same quite yeah. the same way. Well, you know, it's funny, Stephen, is that you so you. Discover the New York Rangers, and over time, that you know the the love grows, and like you said, you you go on the early early adopter of the internet, and you search out the Rangers. And now, I mean, I'm comfortable saying that you are one of the more higher profile Rangers fans uh, out there. You know, we've I've seen <laughs> you've made a few appearances on MSG from time to time. You. Uh, for rangers prospects uh you you've gotten play there because you are you know such a you look clearly love the team you love their prospects and you have you know you it's almost like you are a, an ex you've become an excellent resource for a rangers fan and the community that's kind of come on for the online rangers fan community and just hockey c- community in general for uh, access to what's going on in these other leagues because you know as someone who you know, I've been a Rangers fan for a long time, probably since around, uh, you know, in 94 and 95. But, you know, really not only having a good grasp or understanding of what's going on around the hockey world, maybe only for the last five, honestly, I'll say five to seven years or so, but that's totally due to the internet and resources such as yours. So what is it like when you're getting shout, you know, shout outs from Nick Bob, Rob and Chris Drury and you're appearing on MSG? That's gotta be wild, right?
1: I mean, it's it's been a year since uh, it's been over a year since since those those moments happened, and I still cannot believe it. I mean, I started my Twitter account I think three years ago. Uh, My girlfriend at the time said, "Oh, you should create a Twitter account because you always think of these weird stats and people will love it." And to give you an an indication, like an example, um, Matt Pumple scored a. uh, Uh, had an assist in his first game for the Rangers. And I was wondering, who was the last waiver pickup who who registered a point in his debut for the Rangers? And you had to go all the way back to 1966. Uh, Bernie Joffreon, although that was a different type a waiver pickup that was re-entry waivers but yeah. yeah let's not go into details but those are <laughs> those were the types of types of stats that i would tweet about and it 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 didn't really take off i mean my my, my twitter account had like 120 followers and i was putting all the effort in for these tweets and i had like 10 likes and i was like oh cool i got 10 likes yes double digit <laughs> um <laughs> and then in 2017 i moved to vienna for work uh was offered a uh, a new position and uh Living in Vienna, you are so close to the action. I mean, it's yeah, I live close to the Czech Republic. Uh, there was a world championship in Slovakia last year, and with my new job, I get to travel a lot to Sweden and Finland. So once that got into my routine of of you know flying up to the northern the Nordic countries, I was like, okay, this is fun. Uh, and then you know I was like, okay, let's let's see if we can. If, if I can attend a game of, of one of our prospects. And Craftsoft played a game in, in Helsinki against Jokerit, And I was like, OK, I'll fly to Helsinki for, for a day, just, just to go to the game. And uh, I'm sitting there. Of course, I'm one of only three Dr. Chelyabinsk fans in the building. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I sit behind the bench, because I always like sitting behind the bench, so you can observe players as they finish their shift or right before they go onto the ice. It's very interesting to see the different approaches players have, you know, when you when you look at them over time. So I was sitting behind the bench and Kravtsov gave me his stick as he was skating off the ice after the game. And this Russian guy walks up to me and he's like, oh, um, Vitali Kravtsov, he wants to meet you after the game. I'm like, oh, cool. So they took me to the locker room and I got to meet him and he signed the stick and everything. And then they they asked me if I wanted to do an interview like yeah sure I'll do an interview. It was very complicated because the Russian guy didn't speak English. I don't speak Russian. <laughs> I speak at the time spoke very limited German so we had a a Finnish narrator who narrated it from Finnish to German for me to understand and then through four people we did the interview. Um, wow. And then it, it was it was fun and when they sent me the video, I sent it to my mom, and my mom was like, "Why am I looking at my son with Russian subtitles?" She she didn't understand the word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's just that's basically where it really started. I was at the draft in in Dallas two years ago, um, so th- it was the second time I was in the same building as, as Kraftsaw, and I finally got to meet him. Um, and then there was an under-20 tournament two months later in Hodonin in the Czech Republic, which is about two hours from Vienna. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to drive up there, go to the game. It had Nils Lundqvist for Sweden, Vitali Kravtsov for Russia, Kapo Kako for Finland, who at the time nobody had, had any idea that he would be a Ranger prospect, but he was one of the top prospects. And, you know, I still wanted to see him. Just like I followed Anton Lundell and Alexander Holtz this season. You know, you just go for like the top prospects get to get a glimpse. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, and from there, it just took off. Um, went to the World Juniors in Vancouver, uh, ran into Vitali Kroftsov's dad and sister, which was hilarious. <laughs> His dad recognized me from the video that they recorded in Helsinki. Um, so we took a picture and, and we follow each other on Instagram now. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And then... When it really took off was when I was in Calgary last year, March, uh, for the Rangers game there. Um, I had a banner with me for warm-ups. Um, and I wanted a picture with Leos Anderson because I never really had the opportunity to get a picture taken with him. Because every time I went to a game, it was a road game for the Rangers. So they, they don't really walk out of the arena. Or it was a game in Europe, and and it's always it's, you never know where the bus is. So these players are hard to track down if you're in a city where you don't know where the entrance is for the for the players. So I took a banner to uh, to the game for warm ups. Flew all the way to Calgary. Um, had a friend in Calgary who had tickets, so got in for free. Perfect. Um, I'm standing there for warm ups, and he sees me. He skates over, and we take a picture. I'm like, ah, oh, finally got my. Picture and I tweet my picture out and I didn't think anything of it. So warm ups end, we go up, we grab a beer and uh, we sit down. And halfway through the first period, my phone starts buzzing and it doesn't stop. And I'm like, oh, maybe someone's calling me. I'm like, bling 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 bling. Twitter update, Twitter update, Twitter update. DM DM DM. I got private messages on Facebook. I got messages on WhatsApp. I'm like, what's going on? And one guy, uh, you know Tom Ertz?
0: Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with Tom.
1: Yeah, so Tom Ertz sent me actually a recording of the video. And I'm sitting there in my seat at the saddle Saddledome, looking at my, my screen, thinking, "What the, what's going on? I'm, I'm on MSG? And uh, the best part about it is that Sam Rosen mentioned me by name on the broadcast. That was just... For for someone who grew up in Europe as a Rangers fan, and that this is something I tweeted out as well, there's sort of like this disconnect between you as a fan and the Rangers because of the physical distance. But that day, I felt I felt closer to the Rangers than ever before. It was such a, yeah, it was it was such an experience that I'll, I'll probably never forget that day. It was it was amazing.
2: That's so cool to hear. And to your point, it, it's funny. I feel that in the last few years through this, the Rangers kind of trying to change up the way they do business. And you know, it, the, the the youth is the future and these kids are coming from all over the world. It does like seem like the Rangers, at least from an, a fan perspective, their appreciation for their fans all over the world. And just, you know, the fact they have all these kids of different nationalities coming to play for them. Yeah. It's so cool to see, man. And, and it's so funny that, you know, starting from your beginnings and just to, just to just to to do anything he can to to enjoy this team and follow the Rangers and now just to get all that back and have Sam say I don't know what I would do if Sam said my name I'd lose my mind but just to but I mean it's gotta be it's gotta be like Santa Claus mentioning your name somehow so that's that's it was, so cool it was
1: so unreal it was so unreal I've I've watched games like in the middle of the night with this guy his voice is 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 etched in my brain and. Now I heard that voice mention my name and it was just, it was unreal. Yeah. And, um, and then of course, a couple of months later, the draft in Vancouver, um, I saw Cabo Caco a couple of times before the draft after we won the lottery. So it was sort of a given that we were going to pick him second overall, because, you know, there was all this talk about Jackie was going to the New Jersey Devils because he trains with Taylor Hall in the offseason and he played for the Devils coach in the world championships. and. The GM of the Devils knows the Hughes family. So it was, it was not a surprise that we we're going with Jack Hughes. And I was like, oh, Kapokako, this is fun. And he was playing in the Czech Republic and in Slovakia. So well, I hop into my car and I, <laughs> and I drive up to 2.0, which is like a two-hour drive. And uh, I stand there and, you know, after the game, I had a quick chat uh, before he went into the tunnel. He signed some pucks, which I used for a giveaway on Twitter um which was i mean people love that stuff you know oh. um yeah i mean and and I, it's just my way of giving back to the rangers community you know if i have the opportunity to have Niels lonquist or vitali crafts or kapokako sign some pucks and i can give them away to 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 three or four happy fans you know that that makes my day too um and uh yeah, it was just it was just a, a great experience and then i get to the draft in vancouver and uh, after the draft, uh, all the scouts, as they leave the arena, they cross the street to the parking lot to get on the bus that takes them to the hotel. And my friends are like, oh, let's wait for John Davidson. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's wait for John Davidson. The person I wanted to see was Nick Bobrov because he's the director of European scouting. And um, finally, Bobrov is the last Rangers person to come out. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Bobrov, I've, I, I was talking like a kid. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Bobrov, I was, I was 30, well, how old was I last year? I was 30, 34 years old. And I'm, and I'm talking like, hey, Mr. Bogrum. like, yeah, and <laughs> like, hey, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And, and as we're posing for the picture, I explained to him that you know I'm a Rangers fan living in Europe and I'm really happy with the work they've done and drafting all these European players. And I'm really happy that he's part of the organization. And he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, yes, yeah, Steven, we know who you are. And my friends are like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, unreal, unreal experience. And then I was in New York for the preseason games last year, September. And that's when it really hit me that people follow me on Twitter because my girlfriend was, was surprised that like 10, 15 times each game, people would, would walk over to me and ask for a picture. And that's just, that's so that's just wow. unreal.
2: I want to say that, you know, I think that's why you, you know, fans are so excited to meet you and so thankful because honestly you are a, you know, cause when, when the Rangers tweet out about their prospects, it's like, it's cool, but you know, at the same time, it's like they're, it's, you know, they're just kind of giving the layman's Rangers fan just like, oh, like here, you know, this is a kid we have coming up. But to really feel connected to what the future of this team is that we're also passionate about and to have you as a resource is invaluable. So I definitely understand why people want to buy you those drinks, because it's like sometimes it's like you you tweet out about what a prospect did. And you're like, oh, my God, like, you know, so let's say someone wasn't familiar with the Pahanyami last year and they they see that he's tearing it up and they're like now they have another reason to be excited and that's cool so you know that's and that's all thanks to you steve so that's pretty awesome
1: yeah yeah and, and the connections i made over the years i uh i actually used them this year to uh to interview some prospects and have uh, my own interview series for forever blue shirts um yeah it's it's, it's been, those interviews were a lot of fun to do uh especially during like the, the beginning of the lockdown and the quarantine talking to guys like uh, Eric Ciccolini, uh, Zach Jones, and also the new guys like Patrick Kodorenko, talking to them and, and you know, ask some questions that you don't really see on normal websites. Um, I was just so happy to, to be able to do that. Like, as, as a stats guy, as a numbers guy, there are always a couple of things I want to know. Like What's your favorite jersey number? People never ask players that. And when you do, you hear so many interesting stories. Yeah, um, so cool. Like Vitaly Kravtsov wears number 74 because in Russia, every region has a specific uh, two-digit code for license plates on a car. And when he moved to Chelyabinsk when he was like seven or eight years old, he noticed that his grandma's car had a different number on the license plate than his dad's. And he noticed it was 74. And all the cars were, were having, had number 74 on it. So when he was asked to pick a number, he picked number 74.
2: That's so cool, man. You know, I, I know right now there's a lot of Rangers fans that are probably, well, not to, to, you know, count the chickens before they hatch, but if Alexi Lafreniere comes here and, you know, he's worn a few numbers, but we, we know 11 might be a preference for him, but unfortunately he might be off the table. So it is really cool to see what he'll, you know, to think about what he might pick and what the significance of that might be. If it'll be something he's worn before or if, some, if he has a personal story like that, that will guide that decision.
1: Uh, I mean, 22 would be nice yeah. to finally to have like a decent player wear the number again, <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing, nothing against them Boyle and Nick Holden and Kevin Schattenkirk, but the last couple of years, that number seems cursed.
2: Yeah. It, it is a need of rehabilitation. Definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it, it needs an overhaul. Like it needs a clean slate. And exactly. if Lafreniere comes in and goes with number 22, perfect.
2: Yeah. Well, this might be a good time to actually pivot to prospects, uh, well, first, I think we should talk about prospects already in the Rangers system. Like we had mentioned up top, uh, you know, the SHL has uh, started their preseason. The KHL is underway. Uh, we have Vitaly Kraftsoff currently lighting it up. So I thought it'd be fun just to talk a little bit about some of these Rangers prospects, how they're, you know, starting off their season and maybe just uh, what some expectations from you and I might be for them coming into this year. So, you know, obviously off the top, let's talk about what a What a start he's had. For tractor, and you know, I've gotten to watch a few games. Uh, The time difference isn't so bad. It's just you know, right now my circumstances are I'm actually at home most of the time at 10 a.m., so I can watch some of these games. And yeah, yeah, it's just really I do want to get your thoughts, but you know, just I want to say it's it's very nice to see because he you know after. Maybe his season last year not going the way he wanted to, uh, with some ups and downs, you know, to see him back in the KHL and and yeah, he's looking much more comfortable and looking like he's uh trying to add dimensions to his game seems pretty promising, though.
1: No? Yeah, and uh before we go into like his game in general, um the year he came over last year, um, yeah, he was struggling a little bit to adjust. And I think there is an overall uh opinion by fans to to sort of complain about, about teenagers not adjusting to life in North America when they come over from Europe. And um, yeah, I really have to bite my tongue sometimes to not get into like a full debate on it. Uh, like when I was 21, I moved to South Africa. I know the challenges that come with it. Guys like Lias Anderson and Vitaly Kraftsoff they come over at age 18, 19. Um, you're going to struggle with with Seemingly minute things, like you know, where do you go to to get uh, painkillers or whatever? You know, where do you go? like something really simple? If you're in another country, it it, it becomes a challenge. And yeah, crafts up moving from Russia to North America is as as difficult as it is for a kid from moving from New York to a random city in Russia. You know, you're going to have trouble adjusting. But, you know, he, he went back to Russia it, during the season. It wasn't a success. Came back to Hartford his second time coming over. And he already felt he looked more composed, more relaxed. Um, and now starting the KHL season, uh, starting the season in the KHL this year, um, you, can, you can tell that he's, co- he's in a situation where he's comfortable. He scored six goals in, in seven games, in eight games now, because he played his eighth game today. Unfortunately, he didn't score. But, yeah, six goals. Um, he's 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 been one of the more interesting players, not just prospect, but players in the KHL so far in his early, in his early start. Um, on a team that gives him the opportunity, you know, this team gives him the chance to play top six minutes, and I think that's really important. When he's in hard front and he plays like 10, 11 minutes, it's not really going to – be the best for his uh, for his development. But playing 15 to, to 19 minutes in the KHL, that's great. Um, and yeah, he's playing on a team that doesn't have a lot of depth, uh, especially not scoring depth. Uh, he only has one assist, which is not his fault at all. Uh, you've probably seen this too. He's setting up teammates left and right, and they just miss wide open nets. It's so frustrating to watch. I'm pretty confident that when he comes over uh, next year, uh, his transition to life in North America will be much smoother because he's already had his two first stints in North America, so you already know what to expect at that point. Um, and the same is true for for a kid like Capocaccio, you know, who is with the Rangers. But like like I said, yeah, there are certain challenges that that are just un, they're just difficult to understand for people who haven't gone through it. And it's not something where you can just say, oh, but he gets paid $900,000 a year. He should just get over it. That's not how it works. You know, it's, yeah. But I'm pretty sure he's uh, he's going to be more comfortable when he comes over next year. And if he has a really good season in the KHL, um, I don't see a reason why he cannot have a spot in the top nine. Yes, for is leaving. So, and who's going to replace him?
2: Yeah, I mean, just... Based off what we've seen so far, he seems like he's up to the challenge. Let's uh let's pivot to the SHL because I do want to start by talking about a Rangers prospect who I don't think gets as much coverage as he deserves right now. And that's Carl Henriksen uh, right now uh, starting to, yeah, get, get some a play in for Linda's lineup, which is nice to see. And, you know, the coaches said some glowing things about him. But I feel like a lot of Rangers fans aren't as far you can be really high in our prospect pool, but they don't really talk about him too much. So what are your thoughts on Carl Henriksen?
1: Um, Carl Henriksen is a prospect that if he was in a prospect pool five years ago, he'd be a top five prospect without a doubt. Um, I think Carl Henriksen's problem I don't want to call it a problem, but Carl Henriksen's situation where he's a little uh, yeah, he's not really one of the top prospects is because we have so many other prospects that are just like blue chip prospects. Yeah, guys like Nils Lundquist, K Andre Miller, Vitali Krafsov. Igor Jorkin is technically still a prospect, I guess, because he, he has played maybe 15 games in the NHL. Um, but Carl Henriksen is a really good center prospect, um, really good passing. His vision reminds me a lot of Derek if, if Do you remember the passes Derek Broussard threw around when he was wearing a Rangers jersey?
2: Oh, I do. Him and, him and Zouk just knowing where each he other was, were.
1: He was a magician on the ice. He, he saw teammates that nobody else could see. Like, out of the corner of his eye, he would see a teammate and, and he'd saucer pass like over three, sticks and find a teammate for an assist. It's ridiculous. And Hendrickson is not really like like doing sometimes he he makes those types of passes, but he just distributes the puck really well. Uh, Frounda head coach was was very positive about his his first uh, game of the season where most people talk about uh, Lucas Raymond, who's a top prospect in the upcoming draft. So that makes sense. But Carl Henriksen played with uh, Joel Unquist, of course, the twin brother of Henrik. Um, and he had a really good game. He didn't get any points, but he, he didn't look out of place in the SHL at age 19, which is a good sign. Um, and last year, he had a quick loan in uh, the second tier of Swedish hockey. And despite not putting up any points, uh, when I spoke to him about it in February, he said that it was a really good experience for his development because he got to experience life as a pro hockey player. And by having that experience already, when he finally made the Fulhu, that uh, SHL team, he didn't have to adjust to the off-ice things of being in a pro hockey club. Um, and yeah, he just, he looks really good this season. And Ideally, I hope they keep him in Sweden for two more years. They, they, they shouldn't rush him, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him over next summer with how, he's, with how he has developed in the last 12 months. Uh,
2: I do want to pivot to someone you're pretty familiar with, and that's uh, Nils Lundqvist. Uh, you know, there was some, I, I, you probably know more about this than I do, but you know, it seemed that prior to the pandemic, all signs were that he was gearing up to finally come over here, you know, after he has the, the tremendous season he has last year uh, uh-huh. with Lulia. And, but you know, now, so, but now obviously that's, that's off the, the, the ticket, but that's fine. He's going to spend another year over there. So, uh, yeah, what are your expect, expectations for Nils this year? What type of role do you think he'll get? Uh, and yeah, just what's to just talk about Nils. Cause I know you and him have had interactions before and yeah, it's just, you oh. have a better insight than most.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the expectation was 100% him going to New York, signing his entry-level contract. And his expectation was to start in Hartford. He was fully committed to, to doing that. Um, I spoke to someone in Hartford, and they already had his jersey ready. That's, that's how, how serious the plans yeah. were. His family expects him to sign with the Rangers. There was an article by Larry Brooks about not signing D'Angelo for more than one year because Nils Lundqvist might not want to sign with the Rangers. I don't think that's that's ever gonna be an issue. No. Um, he, he really wants to be a New York Ranger. Uh, the communication between the Rangers and all their prospects is very good. They they talk to their prospects at least once a month and and like their top prospects they like more regularly. Um, and he had an amazing season in the Swedish league. He, he not just broke the record, he destroyed the record for points by an under 20 defenseman. Uh, with a little asterisk that I always have to mention, there are guys on, in that top 10, uh, like Victor Hedman and Rasmus Dahlin, who obviously left the SHL the moment they were drafted. So when they put up those numbers, they were 17 or 18. Lundqvist was 19. That's the little asterisk there, but still. He broke the record for points by an under by teenage defenseman in the SHL. Um, and what really speaks volumes to his to his performance last year is that he was called up for the national team. A nineteen-year-old defenseman who's not a who's not a top three pick in the draft like Rasmus Dahlin or Victor Hedman, a nineteen-year-old defenseman gets called up for the national team in Sweden. That is just that's 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 just amazing. Um, and this season, I just expect him to do more of the same. Um, I, can he break that record? And like, can he set up new personal best? I think he can. He's he's still on one of the better teams in the SHL. Um, he's, he's easily their best player, not just their best defenseman. He's the best player on his team. And um, Stefan Cronwell called him the best player in the league. He, wow. That when former players are so impressed with you at age at age nineteen or twenty, because he's just turned twenty, uh, that really says a lot. And this kid was drafted twenty eighth overall. Um, I've been very high on him from the start, and I got some flack for it for ranking him ahead of Keandre Miller early on, but I don't think a lot of Ranger fans have a problem with that at at this point. He's been he's been so dominant in in the third best league in the world. Uh, if he comes over, he might spend a few months in, in Hartford to adjust to life in North America, but yeah, it, I expect, I fully expect him to finish the, his first season in North America with the Rangers.
2: Yeah. And you know, it's thinking back on it. You look at Nils coming into his draft and he has, you know, he's, he's a solid defenseman and probably seen more as a steady, Eddie kind of, you know, player transitional two-way defenseman, but you know, I think everyone didn't really realize just how between the ears, how smart this kid is, and his hockey IQ, and how he uses all of his skills in concert so well, and makes good decisions all over the ice. And he's got underrated vision, and he really worked on that shot last year. So, yeah, I mean, seeing Neal's yeah. emerge has been so cool.
1: Yeah, and and I would say his offense is his least impressive uh, asset of his game. That's that's how yeah. good he is defense. Um, his lateral movement, his gap control, it's, it reminds me of Adam Fox, the way, the way Adam Fox played. Um, and just his maturity. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I like to sit behind the bench if I can when I attend a game. And I've done it for a bunch of games where Nils Lundqvist was playing, and he is almost acting like a captain. He's not wearing a letter for the team, but he's acting like he's wearing a letter. When he is on the bench and his team's on the ice, he doesn't sit down he's literally coaching the, the two defensemen that are on the ice who are like eight and 10 years older than he is. It's, yeah, it's something I, I've never seen from a 19 year old defenseman.
2: Yeah. And he's got such a cute little face. He's got that cherubic. Face. He just seems like such a nice kid. So you, he you can't help 14. But root for him.
1: <laughs> he looks 14. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. So we're obviously rooting for him. Uh, you know, what? I guess for our last prospect in the SHL, I think it, it would behoove us to talk about Leah Sanderson. And uh, I just want to, because I'm sure, you know, talk there, you know, it's depending on who you ask, Leah Sanderson gets a, uh, can get a bit of a, yeah, a, a, a polarizing reaction. So here on the Broadway Boys podcast, we are Leah's supporters. We root for the human being. We know how difficult it can be to be in that situation. And we don't, you know, we obviously hate when people make light of, anyone struggling much less a kid his age. So, yeah, we obviously we're hoping he does well this season, but just you know, obviously he's going to be he, he's expected to be one of the better players for HV71, if not their best player, probably their best player. Uh so yeah, so just talk a little bit about Leas, uh, you know, what you think his future holds and just what you think uh should be the goal for him at least this season.
1: Um yeah, one important aspect of lias's career looking towards the future is probably the expansion draft that's happening next summer. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't thinking about it, but um, mm. he's he's not exempt. So uh, a team is probably not going to trade for him before the draft. Which means if the Rangers don't protect him, I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle uh, claims him in the expansion draft. Mm, so that's a really good point. His NHL future might not even be in the Rangers' hands. Uh, three years ago, we lost uh, Oscar uh, Oscar Lindberg uh, over Jasper Fast. They wanted to go with, uh, with a young center. And Lias, next summer, will be 22. Um, he will have four more years of RFA eligibility left, which is that's where the value is. You know, the, the cost-controlled years is, is what, what a team in the expansion draft should look at. Um, so it might not even be up to the Rangers if he plays yeah. another game in New York. Uh, but this season in Sweden, uh, I expect him to have a really good season. He's probably the best player on his team. At 12 points in eight preseason games, uh led his team in, in, in so many categories. And he just he looks rejuvenated. He he's he's in his element, and this is why he didn't come back over the summer. Um he gave an interview a couple of weeks ago where he explained it and the whole situation, I think everything has been said about it that we can say. Uh right. it wasn't handled well by, by anyone involved in the situation, could have been handled better by everyone. Um but yeah, I mean he is still a Rangers prospect, and this is a message for every Ranger fan out there. He's still Rangers property. It is in the Rangers' best interest for him to do well. Root for the kid. Because worst case scenario, we trade him, if he's not claimed by Seattle. Worst case scenario, we trade him. Him playing well in Sweden affects his value on the trade market in a positive way. So if you, if you don't like the kid for what he pulled, whatever, but root for what's best for your team. Absolutely, um, And yeah, maybe, maybe it comes back maybe a team will claim it. Maybe a team will, uh, will trade for him after the expansion draft. I guess we'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah. It's honestly something I, I honestly, I wasn't thinking about, but now that you say that, cause you, you put it so far in the future in your mind, but it's really not with, you know, with his, what he's expected to do this season. So yeah, definitely something for us to keep tabs on, but at the end of the day, I don't care who you are. You should root for, people to succeed and to to be successful and happy. So that's all. I think if you r- have that in mind and, and in your heart, you'll be you'll be all right and everyone'll be good and it benefits all parties involved. So why wouldn't you just be positive? Um yeah, so finally I just thought let's uh switch uh switch leagues and we'll I want to talk about two players who are uh currently playing uh well, one currently in Liga and I guess that we'll see with an in, but um Lori I hope I'm saying that right. So capo leaves tps last year and there's a big void there and who steps up is uh, him and you know he was seemed like he was a goal scoring machine for them for tps last year so yeah and i think he wasn't on a lot of rangers fans radars but he is now at least so coming into his uh you know his next season with tps what do you see from him and just how do you think he really does project what do, if you think there's a timeline for him to finally make his way over to north america
1: um, well, I know the Rangers are heavily involved in his development. Um, the Rangers wanted him to stay another year in Finland. So even if there wasn't a pandemic, he was staying. Um, and yeah, the goal scoring is there. There's, there's no argument there. Um, what he needs to work on is more his overall game. He needs to be, his defensive awareness needs, needs some, uh, some improvement. But that's something that, that, can be, that can be coached and something that a player can learn at a later age. Um, the, the timeline I always saw for Pai Uniemi is the Jesper Foss timeline, um, where he signs a contract a few years after being drafted, gets loaned back to TPS for an additional year, and then comes over, plays a year in Hartford, and then makes the jump to the NHL. For Pai Uniemi, that would be 2020. 2022 would be then his start in Hartford. 2023 would be his jump to the NHL if everything goes right. We know with, with fifth and sixth round picks that it is a long way uh, to get there. You know, Jesper Fast, Carl Haglin, uh, now Morgan Barron signed his entry-level contract. They're all late round picks. They had to really work hard to get there. And Niemi has to do the same thing. Um, in terms of the type of player he is, he reminds me a lot of Benoit Pouliot when he was on the Rangers. He's a really good goal scorer, has a really good shot, but he can be a little bit one-dimensional at times.
2: Pouliot, you could argue, worked so well because when you have – you had mentioned the passing of Derek Brassard and obviously Matt Zuccarello and his uh, ability to make plays off the wing. You know, when paired with those two is if you put yourself in good spots, you don't really have to carry the mail. You don't have to make – you uh-huh. just have to rip the puck or put it home. So, yeah, good to think. But, yeah, the Rangers haven't exactly had a uh, a pure, you know, a, just a, a sniping threat like that uh, in a while. So, yeah, I, I you know, I'm obviously – it would be interesting to see if he can eventually uh, break into the club and, and that yeah. be his role.
1: And now, now imagine having Carl Hendrickson and his passing ability on the third line with Pai and his shooting ability.
2: Ooh. Yeah. All right. I'm, 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 my eyes are closed and I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm starting to get all the warm fuzzies, <laughs> the warm fuzzies. And that's, I mean. Awesome. And then as the
1: experienced guy, we have Chris Kreider on that line. I mean,
2: there you go, man. Yeah. Uh, that's see, see even this is why you 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 paint the picture for for the fellow rangers fans and that's why you know we uh we all adore you and you know if the last guy i do want to talk about is another guy who i think uh people aren't really yeah doesn't maybe get as much play as other rangers prospects and that's levy altanen um you know last season uh you know he's he started with the Kalpas U uh, u20 team and i think he got a cup of coffee right or no actually no, no, no. Yeah, yeah yeah he oh 40 hmm, damn. In 45 games. All right. So, what are your expectations? Again, like I said, doesn't get as much play as the other ones, but the skating ability is obviously tremendous. He's got great wheels. But uh, outside of that, I don't think Rangers fans really know much about him. So, what what can you tell uh, fellow Rangers fans about Levee Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he was always he was called the the Finnish haglin with the moment the Rangers drafted him. <laughs> and I think those kind of comparisons are always a bit lazy because if another team drafted him, they wouldn't have called him the Finnish Hagelin.
2: The Finnish okay. Grabner. The Finnish Aaron uh, Helm. <laughs> if, the
1: if the Islanders picked him, it would have been the Finnish Grabner. Exactly. Yeah. The Finnish Jason um, Chimera. Yeah. You know, like Elias Anderson yeah. was, was the new yes for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but if you, if you look at Levi Alton, yeah, the speed is there. It's his biggest asset, It's biggest weapon. Uh, which is great you know speed is not really it's it, you can you can teach skating speed is not really something you can teach you either have or you don't I mean not everyone can train to the point where they where they can beat same Bolt you know and and it's, it's the same with skating part of what makes McDavid the best player in the world on top of everything else is his his pace his speed um, the Altonen is a is is a really quick player. Uh, probably needs a few more years, you know, just cooking in in Liga, get better. Um, he's a long term prospect, just like Payurniemi was, uh, just like Morgan Barron was at one point. So um, yeah, what we need from him is just to play uh, a lot of minutes and meaningful minutes, and playing in Liga in his in his home country. Uh, yeah, like I said, just just. Let him stay there let him let him play there for another two years, and we'll probably know more uh, next summer because with Pa and Yemi it also took two years before we really got to see glimpses of what he can do There's there's one prospect you you haven't mentioned that I do quickly want to show oh, I,
2: please go go ahead please
1: there's a Swedish uh, forward we drafted last year in the sixth round, and uh, he is he towers over everyone. Uh, Adam Edstrom.
2: Oh. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, he, got,
2: he, got a, he got ejected the other day in a
1: game, didn't he? He got, he got ejected in, his, in the season opener and got a five-game suspension. <laughs> but that's not what I wanted to talk no, about. No. Okay. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about was his, uh, his season last year. I mean, he, he made the SHL team out of camp, which I don't think anyone expected. You know, sixth round pick, long-term pros, long-term project. You don't really expect those to make the team straight out of the gate. He did, and he played uh, the most games by any D plus one player in the SHL. He was on the team the entire season, and for the for the type of player he is, that's just really good for his development. He's a he's he's solid defensively. He's, he towers over everyone. If you've seen some videos, he's huge. He's, he's a, he's a giant. Um, he likes to hit. He should stay away from, from opponents' heads with those hits, but, um, and you know, he scores the occasional, uh, breakaway goal, which is also quite impressive. Uh, like Levi Altonen, he's a long-term prospect, but, um, Yeah. In a couple of years, I could see him make the team and he could be a really solid fourth line player if he develops the right way. And I think he's a dark horse. If I have to name one prospect that that fans will overlook, it's probably uh, Adam Estrom.
2: Yeah. So let's, I think this would be perfect time because I've I've taken up enough of your time, but let's uh, focus on potential future Rangers prospects and look towards the draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Listen, every the, the debate of number one or if there is any even any debate to be had is kind of been it's been played out at this point. I think it's fair to say the Rangers are most likely uh, selecting Alexi Lafreniere. Um, but because of that, I think a lot there's so much intrigue about that 22nd pick. Will the Rangers uh, hold on to it and make their selection? Will they try to package it for, for a player now? I think that's probably likely. But um, And we can definitely talk about that up front, but let's, let's talk about what you think happens with the pick. And let's say, for whatever reason, a deal does not materialize, whether that's just a lack of trade partners or whatever, and the Rangers are forced to pick there. Let's talk about maybe some names you would like to see picked in that spot.
1: Okay, well, um, first of all, I don't think we're going to keep the pick because yeah. looking at last year, uh, looking at the comments Jeff Gordon has made this year and last year, when you win a draft lottery, you basically go from having a, a a chance at a good player to basically having a slam dunk pick. Yeah. Last year with Kapokako, this year with Alexi Lafreniere. When you win a draft lottery, that's you know you already get your top player. Everything else is gravy. Everything that comes after that, it doesn't really matter. So if you can get this is why last year they traded that twentieth overall pick with Neil Pionk to get Jacob Truba. If the Rangers don't win the draft lottery, I don't see that trade happening. Um, if they hang on to the to the pick, there are so many players they could go for at twenty-two. I mean, a lot of Ranger fans want to go for a center because we need a center. But in the draft, you don't go for uh, for positional need on your team. You go for organizational need in your uh, in your prospect pool, in my opinion. Uh, unless you have like a top five pick. If you have a top five pick and you can get a guy that jumps in immediately, then go for a position that, that, that fills a need. Um, but 22nd overall, you just go for a position you need in your prospect pool. Honestly, the Rangers need wingers as much as they need centers in their prospect pool. So if they go with a winger, uh, I would be pretty happy. As, I, as long as I don't go for a goalie, I'm happy.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... If I, ask- I
1: want them to go for a goalie, but not in the first round.
2: yeah. If Askarov's sitting there, it's a tough choice. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah.
1: Nah. If well, Askarov I... is sitting there, then, then at the Rangers, I don't think Askarov's going to be there at 22. Me neither. And I don't, I don't think the Rangers are going to draft another goalie. But, yeah, uh, forward is probably the most logical position they'll go for. Uh, and there are a lot of prospects there who have their, their supporters and um, – what's the other word? detractors detractors yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of prospects have their their supporters and their detractors there's marat kuznudino from russia who's a really my, good my
2: boy director. marat sorry
1: but you know <laughs> the, the, the the detractors will say he's too he's 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 not tall enough you know he's very short and so was so was martin saint louis and so was matt zuccarello and whatever yeah yes um yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's so much to choose from. And it just depends on what the Rangers feel comfortable with. And if you, if you look at the last couple of years where the Rangers have drafted players from, the areas where they are more, most comfortable are the European leagues and recently the WHO. Yeah. Uh, the WHL we didn't really draft from for five years uh, since the Ryan Grob uh, debacle. Uh, but uh, two years ago, they they hired Steve Walchuk, who was the head coach of the Seattle Thunderbirds for a couple of years, um, and he is now the uh, the scout for the WHL. And the first dra- draft after he is hired, they go with Matthew Robertson in the second round. It just shows that they are comfortable in they, they're comfortable in, in going f- what Walchuk says. You know, they 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 trust his his input. So a WHL kid would make sense late in the first round.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone thinks Seth Jarvis would be available in that slot. Maybe, you know, crazier things have happened. It would seem crazy to me, but maybe not to NHL scouts. But, yeah, I mean, a, there's a litany of players from the WHL that might be there. You know, Conor Zari, uh, Ridley Grigg has gotten a lot of uh, play in Rangers fandom recently and might be a kid, yeah. You know, his it's father just, is just
1: a The, the flavor of the week, huh?
2: Yeah, and it there, and that's the thing. It seems that every week there's a new, there's a kind of a new like, oh, this is going to be the guy. This is the, the guy they're they're zooming in on. But do they play it safe and maybe go for something like that, or do they go for uh, a kid like Noel Gundler, who I'm sure they've they've seen plenty of as they're keeping tabs on uh, Nils Lundqvist.
1: See, the problem with a kid like Gunler is by by seeing him more regularly, because of course they are they are talking to Nils Lundqvist and watching their games that he plays in. Yeah. By watching Noel Gundler more than other players, I always have a hard time figuring out if that's a positive or a negative. Because yeah, might, might by, be negative. Seeing, by seeing a player more regularly, you start to filter out the bad moments. Or do you actually spot uh, 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 the, negatives, the negative aspects of his game more because you've seen him play more games? The Rangers, the Rangers have probably seen more of Noel Gundler than other teams. Uh, because of their familiarity with one of his teammates? yeah, um yeah. I, I could see them going for Gundler um, um, But if Seth Jarvis is there, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard to pass up on a guy who who put up, I think, sixty points in twenty five games to end the season., uh, but yeah, i'm I'm pretty sure if the Rangers keep keep the pick, whoever they they pick there, as long as it's not a goalie, fans will be happy, you know. At first, some fans might not be happy because they get too they they zone in on a specific guy too much, and then when that guy's not drafted they they end up disappointed
2: one last thing on the draft I just you know uh, I'm sure you have the Rangers don't currently own a second round pick, but you know they do they have some later picks, so are there just any players just anyone off the top of your head that you have uh, shown interest in that you are, might would hope that maybe the Rangers called their name on, I guess, over zoom or, or I don't know how the, the second day of the virtual draft is going to look or whatever, but yeah, just any other late round potential uh, players that you think uh, might warrant the Rangers taking a look at.
1: Yeah. There's a defenseman on the U S national team development program. Uh, Eamon Powell. Uh, he's probably my favorite North American player in this draft, which is weird for a third round pick where he's projected. Um, but yeah, he's he's a really smooth skating defenseman. Uh a little bit like Zach Jones, I guess. Uh I see some similarities in their in their in their play styles. Um and then later on in like the later rounds, there are some some 19 and 20-year-old kids that if 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 I'm in charge and I have a couple like this year, three picks in the seventh round, I would much rather go for a kid who's 20 who has already had that development curve at age 18 and 19, rather than gambling on a kid who might or might not have that same curve. There's a Russian winger, Dmitry Shishin. Uh, mm. Sounds more Chinese now, now that I say it out loud. <laughs> uh, uh, Dmitry Shishin, uh, he's, he's a really talented winger, uh, just a good skater. And yeah, I think the Rangers are finally getting over that hump of not drafting Russia. I think drafting Kraftov two years ago was was like getting over that Cheropan of hump, you know, of, of yeah. staying away from Russian prospects. Uh especially with high picks. But yeah, the Rangers are very comfortable drafting from from European leagues, uh, which of course is a big advantage for me living in Europe. Well Steven,
2: I, I- I've, I've kept you long enough. I know that Uh, I have one final question and it's probably the most important question I'm going to ask you today. Um, if you get signed by the New York Rangers tomorrow and they say, Steve, we we've seen enough. We, you know, even if you don't play, we're going to have you on the bench, getting the boys going. Uh, but we just have one question. We need to know what number you want sewn on the back of your Jersey. What are you picking?
1: Oh, I, I, I should have seen this coming.
2: Yeah, you didn't, and that's why I got you. So, what, what is it, Stephen? If you need to, to take a second to think about it, you, you can. But uh, I want, I want a number, and I want the significance. If you don't mind sharing that.
1: Give me a second. It'll be number seventy.
2: Okay, that's a good, great. Now I like that number. That seems like uh, a lunch pail 70, number for me.
1: Seventy is the area code of the city where I grew up as a kid.
2: And that's the thing now that, like I said, I know that, and I know that about crapsoft, it's like, yeah, it makes it all the more special, so that's I'm fascinated with all things related to jersey aesthetics, and I love numbers, so I'll be you know, I'll go on that and see how many players wore this, so and I'm sure you are the same way, so uh, yeah, that's cool do you, so, do you know
1: you, why, do you know why Pete, do you know why Pete and Edved wore number ninety three I do not,
2: but I, i'm sure okay. I, I feel like I'm feeling about to find out
1: let's let's hear it. He defected from Czechoslovakia in 1988 at the World Junior Championships in Calgary. He jumped out of his hotel room window. Uh, There's a book called Breakaway from Behind the Iron Curtain to the NHL. Really interesting book. If someone sees it in a bookstore, pick it up, read it. Worth it. Um, He defected from Czechoslovakia in 88. And in 1993, he was granted Canadian citizenship. And that was the start of his new life. So from then on, he started playing with number 93.
2: Man, it's crazy that like that's the reason for his number and then meanwhile like it's today some kid might be like, oh yeah well and create a player in NHL 17 I always used to <laughs> make my guy you know this so it's crazy it's crazy to think but yeah, yeah I mean these numbers, you know, some players, they have deep significance and some players are willing to give them up for a, a steak dinner and a Rolex. So it's funny how that works. Um, I'm,
1: I'm playing with number 41 because that was my kill streak in Fortnite or whatever. Exactly.
2: You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whatever, hey, man, whatever, whatever gets you, gets, you get your, gets your head in the game, gets you going. Well, Steve, yes, thank you so much for coming on. It was, like I said, it's long overdue. Uh, if our listeners want to find you on Twitter or find your stuff, what, what should they, where should they go? And yeah, plug whatever you need to plug.
1: Um uh, underscore steven on twitter um yeah i mean what else can i say I mean, uh, it's all there uh, yeah there's a link to my podcast that i do i i, I want to do it more regularly but with the off season, there's just nothing to talk about and, and i'm the type of guy who wants to go for quality over quantity so my podcast recordings are a bit sporadic at the moment but it'll be more regular um And, yeah, if you scroll through my timeline, you'll find some interesting links to stats about, you know, our European Ranger prospects. Uh, Maybe some links of articles I've written, the quarantine interview series I've done with 16 Ranger prospects. Um, Yeah. Check it out. Well,
2: Steve, thank you so much. Uh, whenever we can all go back to the garden, if you're ever in town, please let us know because I will be one of the, the many people buying you, a, uh, buying you a craft beer or I'll at least be hiding behind you. So when people try to buy you craft beers, I quickly grab them and put you know bring it back to my seat. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the Broadway Boys <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. And this has been excellent. And yeah, uh, everyone check out Stat Boy Steven on Twitter. And so, Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you.
4: Okay. So I, I kind of want to get into cuz looking at it now and thinking about it before uh especially well, Stahl obviously got traded and I was looking at the defense before and then I got hit with the the Lundqvist news. Um is our is our defense. We right now we currently only have four defensemen NHL defensemen signed. Uh we have Tony De- DeAngelo as a refricted restricted refricted restricted free agent. Um yeah. Andy, what are we,
2: what are we gonna do here? So, all right. Um, like you'd mentioned, as of right now, we we have Truba, uh, Lindegren, Fox, D'Angelo, who's a restrictive free agent, and Brennan Smith. So they're especially on that left side now with Stahl departing, there are spots to be had. Um, you know, I do think the Rangers have hope for a Tarmo reunion and, or a Libor Hayek to come in and, and take one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what they're hoping. I also do think that it would not surprise me in the least to see that 22nd pick, uh, be flipped for help on the left side. You know, I don't know. Or even if not without flip, flipping them, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, I think they're, they're seeing what Washington wants to do with, uh, with Dylan, you know, because he's yep. a, he's a good, you know, he's a solid uh, you know at not overwhelmingly talented but a just a solid guy who can hold who can hold down that side you know um yeah. you know maybe there's been talk about with Petran- i don't know what's going on with petrangelo uh i think he's testing the free agency but at the same time i do think that he there's a part of him that would probably still like to return to st louis so maybe they finally give in, and they they have to trade a a young guy like Vince Dunn just to make room to sign him. You know, yeah, I they, know. they got their cup too, so that like I, I don't think they're totally
4: opposed to it. I mean, he kind of deserves the contract in St. Yeah, Louis, and
2: and from what I understand, it's not so much that the money; it's that they refuse to give him. They don't do bonuses, or uh, I forget who St. Louis at GM is, but um, they don't do bonuses, and he's like, I want these bonuses, like everyone all the every other defender of my qual caliber gets them and uh but except you know you refuse to give them to me so yeah doug armstrong uh so yeah so who knows me i don't know if it's that i think that that's he's a i think that's why he's testing i think he's a little hurt by the fact that he's like been a warrior for them and he's clearly Mm -hmm. still very good and they refuse to you know Give him what he's probably earned, but uh, yeah, who knows? So, but so maybe Vince Dunn comes in, and, and that's something that would definitely cost because he's a promising young player. Would probably cost twenty two in a package of some sort. So, but yeah, I think the Rangers. There's a lot going on behind the scenes right now. I'm sure the Rangers' phones have been lighting up. They've been Jeff's been on the phone a lot. I'm sure. Uh, I think it's going to be wild because with the we've spoken about this before with the the static cap. So many teams are going to be moving guys that usually wouldn't just be holding on to because it's like you don't have. Yeah, you you don't have as many cushions now, and all these things that you didn't think you'd have to think about before. You're like, man, if 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 we have these rookies and they hit their performance bonuses next season, if they if Lafreniere overperforms, it's like that's an extra, you know, we have to have make sure this money is off off the books. So we saw a stall and a and a you know stall trade and a Lundquist buyout. So and other teams are thinking like this too. So yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of guys flying around who in under normal circumstances, teams would just probably sit on or hold on to or whatever, you know, or try to make something work. So yeah, I I think the Rangers can approach it a few different ways, but I think they're going to between having competition out of their youngsters in camp and maybe just trying to sign uh, a guy as a, who can just hold it down for a few seasons until, you know, whatever, uh, Kay Andre or Nils Lundqvist is ready to, to make their way to the national hockey league or Matthew Robertson, uh, but yeah, they, I think the Rangers think, you know, they, especially if they look at the way that Tampa was able to insulate guys like Bogosian and then they ultimately became a net positive because you just, they were good, you know, a good pre- veteran presence, but at the same time, they weren't going to ride him into the ground, you know? Yeah. Um,
4: yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't know which direction the Rangers are going to go in. Uh, I really don't, uh, I don't have any sort of inkling of what they would do with that with the left handed D. I do think it'll be a long season if they don't get an NHL player in that position. Yeah. I just I just think, you know, Adam Fox is young, Linger would be young. That left left defenseman, whoever they were, is gonna be young. I just don't think Truba, Brendan Smith, and then, you know, possibly Tony D'Angelo are really gonna lead the Rangers defensemen in, in like into success, you know. So i really no, do here, think here. they need a steady presence there. Um I think it's worth mentioning TD has uh, been a guest on the podcast before, had an interesting trade. I think it's worth mentioning, and I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts. I know we texted sure. back and forth a little bit about it, yeah. but uh, the trade proposal was as uh, was this. Uh, the number 22nd pick Strom and Anderson to Arizona for Dvorak and. I'm going to butcher the name, John Jam- John Wilson. I can't, I never, I like know his name, but reading it, I fuck it up. So, uh, Arizona retains one and a half million of a uh, contract. Uh, he signed for one more year at 5 million. Uh, and he, I think he's a lefty that would, uh, kind of bridge, uh, you know, until we get, you know, our, you know, our, our kids up, you know, the K either K Andre Miller or, um, uh, what's his face? Um, the other young kid, um. Nils Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know how I forgot that name. Um, but yeah, so uh, listen, I kind of like it. Uh, it it brings it kind of you know brings in that steady defensive presence uh, that w- that we'll be lacking next year. It brings in a future second center to see easily. Uh, yeah, and I think Arizona is one of those teams that, dude. I don't I don't know what they're doing, man. They have no picks. They really don't have, a, you know, much of a yeah. future ahead of them. They're, they're going to have to make moves. And I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to all their pressure. You know, there's already talks about moving Ekman uh, Larson.
2: Yeah. And that seems and, like a done and, deal. and Clayton Keller, too. So yes, you're moving and- your oldest player and you're going to move or one of your older senior players and you're going to move your young, like the guy you were supposed to be building around. And man, that's a, you know, that's a cautionary tale for because you have to draft well. Um, I was talking, I, I, was, I was on uh, the Sends Hour podcast with Shane Ryan last night. Uh, we were streaming live on StreamYard and Facebook and YouTube and all that. But, um, and, it, you know, Arizona came up and we both kind of said, like, they've been bad for so long. Where is your elite talent? Like, Keller is a good talent, but, you know, Domi's a good talent. But wh- where, like, what? what do they have to show for it? They got all guys that were good you know they got they, they had some pretty good players It's just but they had no great players like Chikrin you know I like these guys but you know they didn't in later rounds they weren't able to find a, a Kucherov or a Pasternak or you know it's just you you have to draft well. And I listen, we we're we're talking about Dvorak because we really like love the kid. But at the end, the end of the day we're like, we need Dvorak to maybe plug a middle six center hole. Like Yeah. Where <laughs> is you know and then the, you know, yes, obviously they bring in Taylor Hall and Kessel after the fact to be these guys, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a cautionary tale. Like you know, you look at the way the Rangers have rebuilt and were able to make shrewd moves and, and finally get elite talent via free agency and you know flipping Broussard for Zabatajad and betting on young players or or and putting them in the right situations. Uh, but yeah, you gotta—I don't know, man. You just—it's a shame because now they they're blowing it up yet again. And you know, obviously that's an organization. They have a new Alex Marillo is their new owner, right? Or is that their old? I forget. But you know, clearly with the pandemic. They're shedding. Set. There, there's a there's a mandate that we're not spending right now because like we're not going to get people in the buildings, and it's going to hurt our bottom line. And we're not ma- we're not one of these organizations that's like our pockets are so deep that it doesn't matter. You know, the Rangers doesn't really matter. Like they can be in a holding pattern. They can't. These other teams can't. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a a good un- with that. If that in mind, because under normal circumstances, I'd say I don't know if what their ap- Arizona's appetite is because a if they're rebuilding is 20, you know, uh, you know, obviously you get 22nd overall, which is a good piece. And, you know, Anderson has been looking good, although his, you know, you have to imagine maybe his, uh, his right now, his value is going to be hampered by the fact that he pr- most likely doesn't want to be a ranger, but yeah, uh, obviously getting John off their books really helps them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's like you know whatever. I don't know how much Strom wants in money and can are they willing to pay it. So there's other things that go into it too. But just on just on face value alone, obviously, I think it would be good for the Rangers because you know Jalmerson, like you said, would be a good stabilizing presence because even though he's getting up there now, uh, what is he thirty something? Uh, yeah. But you still, I think by the well, last time I checked his underlying metrics, he's thirty three. He was still you know, a pretty solid defensive player, but he just doesn't generate any offense, but the Rangers have plenty of young defensemen who can do that. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, so they'd get that contract off the books, you know, uh, for them, you know, uh, and yeah, cause I guess they're just trying to shed salary and do something and you get 22nd overall cause they're, they're not going to have any first this year or next year. And they get Leah So It's almost like they have a first round pick from a few years ago who, maybe he's not going to become what everyone thought he was, but he could still be a future player for them, you know?
4: Yeah. I mean, and I, I, you know, man, I just, you know, stuttered right there. Sorry. I'm like laying down on the floor, like a pretty much a sports illustrated model for a pose on my side here. Um, so if I sound weird, that's why. Uh, all good. But you hit the nail right on the head with, you know, Arizona, like what are you guys doing? Like, I feel like they've had like, they they've had the top three picks. They don't have any studs to really show for it, and I read a, a really interesting article, basically saying like, "What well, I don't know what the Arizona Coyotes think they're gonna get for even Ek- Ekman Larson, like they're like that they, he's not the next coming of you know no, Nick Lidstrom." The- That's literally the name of the article was like, "He's not the next Nick Lidstrom," like he he he's in his prime, you know, and 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 coming out of it, so like Arizona a team is really not gonna. You know, yeah, he's on the other side of his best years. The Teams are not going to blow up their future or give you all these draft picks. You know, for that kid, like the Rangers are lucky they have the 22nd overall, and you know, I think that's a solid pick in the draft. So you you better if the Rangers are offering that to you, you better kind of listen up because I don't know, you know, what other teams are out there that can that are uh, you know that can afford to give away first round picks. I think the Devils would be an interesting choice to you know to kind of
2: you know, maybe bring in, you know,
4: but they're going to, why would they get Ekman Larson? They don't, they don't no. want
2: that. Like, Ek, you know, we, we've we heard, there's been a lot of smoke about it. Uh, Vancouver wanting Ekman Larson and it makes sense. They're kind of just entering that like, all right, we're going to contend for the time being thing. So, you know, I think maybe they are, they're going to look to replace, um, I don't know, Tanev or one of those guys, but um, without knowing too much about their uh, contract salary, you know situation but yeah i mean i feel like unfortunately arizona is in a weird position where i don't think they'd have leverage in any trade they were in you know maybe a keller trade because he's promising and good and can still has might have another plateau in him but yeah man i mean it's just yeah i don't know uh i do question yeah, yeah it's like you said james it's tough it's like they no one really knows what they're doing, what they have to do. Are I guess they're I guess they're they're just rebuilding. Taylor Hall is obviously gone. And, um, the, and
4: for the people that don't know, they they lost their first round picks. They yeah, they got caught. and you know
2: with uh, they got caught testing yeah. prospects earlier, or someone did someone on their staff who's been fired, I believe. And it's funny because Chaka leaves, and it was really messy, and everyone's going on why. But the more information that's come out, it's kind of like a part of him is like we are he it seems like chayka knew with this ownership coming in and that and obviously with the the realities of the pandemic like my job is gonna suck for the next two years because we're gonna have very little flexibility we probably won't have we won't be able to spend to the cap i won't be able to i'm gonna be handcuffed like why would you want to stay for that and also we're getting docked for something that maybe i didn't do it was someone else i don't think it was him you know and i'm gonna try to i'm gonna take heat for it like yeah fuck that like see you later yeah, I i'm gonna go run analytics for like you know situation for him yeah so so he gets out and you know they obviously are mad about it but it, that ship clearly was sinking before or you know before everything happened you know and obviously you're happy for them to, to see they had some success in the bubble well yep well taylor hall's gone like they're blowing it up now so uh yeah, yeah you know i mean There's a thing is that I I forget who their GM is now, their interim GM. Like, I feel like you could make some they, they need to make shrewd moves this summer. You know, they need to take on some guys that maybe they should look at what Vegas did and just take on some of these guys that were maybe a little bit older, but are still had something left and try to try to pump and dump them. At, for the next year at the trade deadline you know get some guys in if they're playing well and just go flip them for anything try if you can get a third or a second do it uh
4: the final two questions that i really had for you with this podcast was um there's two restricted free agents that really intrigue me i want you to tell me what those contract uh, contracts you think look like or if if they're if they're even here i think one of them was definitely here uh we'll first start out with uh, Georgie. Um, he's a RFA. He's 24. He's probably going to be our backup
2: goaltender. What do you think that contract's going to look like? So, <sighs> like, I think he's going to they'll bridge him again, you know, because okay. he's RFA. Yeah. So I, yeah, I could see a, a a bridge at like maybe two and a half million. Okay. Right. You know i i th- I think he's going to bet on. Uh, he's it strikes me as a situation where he might just bet on himself you know as this team gets better instead of just locking himself into less money you know yeah it's on himself if he and if he does well and it's just more apparent that this kid could be a starter on any other team and then someone you know a team that wanted him this time but was too afraid and and went to the scrap heap and it doesn't work out is gonna say oh we really should have got him you know and then he can just say well i'll come to you but you have to pay me now. And then he can make, you know, four plus million if that's what he wants to do, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a bridge contract. I think he's going to eventually
4: want to be a starter. But I think this year is the first year where he's not really in the shadows anymore. He's going to be, you know, standing, you know, right next to Igor. And, you know, I think they're They're both going to look to, you know, to prove themselves as, you know, as a competent starter, which, which is going to be fun. You know, I think there's not a ton of pressure on the success of the Rangers next year. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to expect Igor to be Hank in his prime. I don't know if he's going to be that right away, but you know, hopefully we get something similar because Hank, Hank was that good. Uh, and I think Georgia, you're right, is playing for a starting position. And this is his first year, really, where he could shine. Uh, the last contract that I wanted to talk about was was Tony D'Angelo. I have no idea what the Rangers are going to do to him. Um, he holds, I think, a lot of trade value. I think a lot of teams really want. Uh, I mean, look, at, look at his points. I mean, his points speak for itself. Um, he drives a lot of offense. Um, and, you know, he's 24. So he's young. He's very good offensively what do the Rangers do with him? Because there's a lot of options out there.
2: Yeah. You know, like you said, it's kind of tough. Uh, I think reports that, so the Rangers have qualified him, but uh, a tweet came out yesterday from uh, a ooh, Colby Cohen, who is a clearly a former player and I actually do know him. Yeah. Uh, And he's a Philly guy, I think. So I I think it's most likely that D'Angelo's camp is like, here, Colby, here you go. Like to help help his case out. The New York Rangers have extended defenseman Anthony D'Angelo a qualifying offer. Fifty three points last season and a plus twelve. I would think this one might be heading to arbitration. It's going to take five plus million a year to get this done before arbitration. So, yeah, you know, D'Angelo, they said we don't have the money, so we're going to bridge you. And D'Angelo said, "Okay," and then he hit it out of the park. So. He's got to get paid. That's kind of how it works. You know, they, they, so. But the Rangers have a lot of young defensemen coming up. so. Do you really want to, you know, blow blow your load on Tony D'Angelo? I I like, you know, I think in terms, you know, D'Angelo is valuable. What, he was fifth in uh, points, Mm -hmm. right? Even strength points. And, but yeah, I think the more I watch the the Stanley cup final and just how things played out and kind of realizing that it's like there, there are some teams that sometimes you can't have too much of a good thing. And if you can't, can't have ice time for all of them. It's just like, you know, do you use that to, to help fill you out in other areas? So at, you know, as much as I've liked D'Angelo's is on ice play and I feel like the, his defensive, you know, things are a little overblown because he's got the puck on his stick a lot. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, he does have a lot of you know he's a right-handed defenseman who was like we said in that you know fifth and fifth fourth or fifth and even strength points, that is value and the Rangers have holes elsewhere. They're actually on that right side. You could argue they're between their prospect pool and having Truba and Fox. They're they're already that's a pretty enviable position to be in. And as much as you know, I think maybe right now Tony is better as as a pure power play quarterback. You know, or at least offensively, you know Fox is obviously in terms of just both sides of the ice is the the best probably d- defenseman on the team just in terms of his two way play. But yeah, who knows? Maybe it's like we're gonna let Fox run our power play now. Uh, first power play, you know, True will be the heavy shot on the second, and mm-hmm. you know we'll see what Tony. You know, uh, I'm thinking about teams that might be interested. Um, you know, we mentioned Calgary before. I do wonder, like, are they are they they need to make some changes, you know, maybe they they want to get it because, you know, if you look at their defense on the back end, they're all a bit more. Yeah, those guys, you have Giordano and Rasmus Anderson and Brody and, uh, and Hannafin, you know, these are. Those are they're more two a guys who can do stuff, but they're not really they're not the end of like dynamic puck movers like D'Angelo. So maybe they want he they'd be interested in him or yeah, I also think the, a team like Vegas might be able to. Find oh, absolutely. Out. Would... Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, you and I, I know we were texting the other day. What maybe the Rangers can get one of uh, a Cody Glass or a guy who's just mm-hmm. breaking into the, you know, a young talented center who's just breaking in. Obviously, it might uh. You know, depending on what you think Glass' ceiling is, it I, I don't know where the value lies or who would have to add, but you know, you'd imagine if you have a with maybe you can get Cody Glass in a second for D'Angelo, which would be a pretty good deal considering, you know, where he was drafted or or who knows, maybe even because the Rangers now have all that cap space, maybe they take glad they give D'Angelo and you take Glass, you take on, a, you know, they're looking to, Vegas looking to shed salary because they got to pay him, you take on a player they don't want and then. To, to make up for that you get another good player you know maybe you get a uh a, a, a talk if they're willing to part with him or probably Vegas, not he's a, Vegas isn't be gonna to be looking
4: to draft the draft their, their holes you know what i mean they're not going to yeah. draft to fill in the holes they they need you know they need a defenseman that can drive a little bit of offense i think tony fits that perfectly uh they're a team that's contending for a cup it just makes sense i think tony yep. will be happy to go there Yeah. Um, yeah. It would suit him. I think. Yeah. He's got a Vegas personality and uh, you know, I think everyone would be happy. I think Vegas would love to have him, Uh And I think the Rangers could get a lot for him. And, and listen, if the Rangers were depleted on defensive prospects, if they, you know, really were in the position that they are in, in this, in, in the center and forward position right now, in terms of depth, I would say, yeah, sign this guy, you know, give this guy term, give this guy five and a half million done deal but you know, Rangers are not in that position and they don't, they're not in a position to just throw out a big contract just because, uh, where he was in terms of stats. I mean, listen, I I would love, I would love to sign him. I would love to have them have him, but again, he's an asset. He's an asset right now, but do we really need him right now? Long-term? No, I, I say you get a draft pick, you get a young prospect that um you know maybe with the nhl experience like you said with glass and and you know hopefully you know we build up our forward depth because right now we're lacking at that and you don't know where Strom's going to be you don't know uh really what you're going to get out of brett howden um you don't know what you're going to get out of philippito um and and, and Foss is probably going to i think going to be gone uh brendan lemieux is gone uh, you know haley obviously was gone mckeg is gone like giuseppe's a restricted restricted free agent we need we need forwards right now like yeah uh, we have plenty of defensemen and there's plenty of defensemen out there that can plug in a plug in for the year so again tony d'angelo can do a lot of things i think his best at the he's he's a trade piece that's his best asset right now as a new york ranger all right so let's kind of wrap up with like your thoughts going into the the draft next week i know I think it's going to be a wild one because I think teams, uh, you know, now that they're out of the bubble, I think teams are kind of gearing up for the unexpected next year. I think a lot of teams are going to feel like that this is another year in which anyone can win the cup and it's not another standard, you know, NHL season. So you know, what are your, what are your thoughts going in? Uh, Rangers have the, uh, 22nd. two in the first round. Yep. The first and 22nd, they have yeah. no second round, two in the third, one, fourth,
2: one, five, one, six, and three in the seventh. So I, so my thoughts are that that 22nd, you know, they're taking Lafreniere. Uh, you know, I, I can say that with almost a hundred percent certainty. Uh, there's to be no last minute package work for Brady Kachuk and three and five, whatever. Um, as far as the twenty second overall pick, I do think they are trying to use, move it for help now. Uh, who knows? It might there might be a situation where they move it, and part of that move is it becomes a pick swap with another team. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's before. like they they trade picks to make up the difference because that way it's like they they you know the Rangers give them you know whatever is it whether it's Georgiev or whether it's D'Angelo or you know who knows or maybe someone else we ha- even a howden maybe. Or Bucinevich, uh, or Strom even possibly. Who knows? Although he's an Um, you know, if it's a sign and trade. But um, yeah, I do think that that pick is being shopped for help now. But hey, it takes two to tango. And you know, I'm sure How many times have we heard that we were at the one yard line, but just no one, either side, was re- refusing to just you know go that last little way, and then it falls apart. And then that point, you have to make the pick. So they are going to try to move it. But uh, I think at the end of the day, if they have to pick, I think they end up, we spoke about this kind of uh, on our last podcast, but I think they use it to take a player who's maybe a little bit more, you know, a little less like home run ceiling type kid and just someone who's like young but projects well to the NHL. And maybe their ceiling is not a first line player, but um, or, you know, a first parent defenseman, but is someone who they think is will be a will be a solid contributor in a middle to bottom six. You know, if, if, and if everything goes right, maybe they have a little bit more upside. So, like a Ridley Gregg, a Dylan Holloway, if they're there, uh, unless, you know, barring someone falling crazy from their list. But yeah, that, that's my thoughts.
4: Yeah. I, I I'm going to say that there's an 80% chance that that pick is traded, uh, in some cool. sort of deal. Uh, I don't Listen know. to
2: this Monday morning. They have, they have 48 hours or a little less because the draft starts whenever. Although they could do it on the floor, but you know.
4: Yeah, I, I think it'll happen next floor. week. I don't think it'll happen this weekend. Um, uh, But yeah, I just think it's just uh, too big of an asset. And, you know, the Rangers, you know, they have a, a good prospect pool. They don't really, I mean, not that they, I mean, you can always use more prospects, but yeah. I really do think uh, a lot of teams are going to, you know, hold a lot of value with that 22nd pick. And uh, the Rangers want some NHL-ready players. I mean, you can't you can't just be all prospects. And uh, <laughs> we got a roster to fill out here, so it's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited. I think there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of movement around the league. Yeah. Um. Again, uh, just you know, it, it's just one of those things where this is now the new era of the Rangers. It really officially starts, I think, with this draft. Um, you know, bringing in Lafreniere. And, um, you know, with Hank being gone, Stahl being gone, this really is like the year where the Rangers enter a new era and, you know, a new generation.
2: Yeah, it's like I had mentioned, it's a a sea change for this organization. It's very it it feels different now. And it just kind of feels like they finally have shed all the trappings of their past. And, you know, uh, lundquist casts a big shadow and it's not you know it hurts right now but it now it won't be felt going forward it's just kind of like you don't have to we rangers fans don't have to think so much on like oh like what could have been we, we didn't get it done like that's done now it's like we're moving forward we're looking forward uh so yeah we'll we'll see how how jeff does but you know he him and jd have been pretty ice cold you know they have they're they're kind clearly nice and respectful and you know, JD especially is a warm guy, but in terms of what they've done, they've been kind of, I don't want to say ruthless, but they've been really cold and calculated about it. So they're all eyes are set on the horizon and we're moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it should be a fun draft. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday before the draft, uh, my a mock, I just did a mock draft for the morning skate which is different from my rankings I had previously done in that that was me trying to rank who I thought were the best players. And the mock draft is who I think teams will take or who they will value. So check that out on morning-skate.com. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network is having a live uh, draft. We're streaming our reactions in real time to the draft. So a few of us will be on there. So that'll start uh, around draft time was at 8 p.m. or whenever that starts mm-hmm. but yeah so check out for that it'll be on our social medias so check it out there uh yeah and uh, again i want to thank uh steven vogel stat boy steven for coming on the pod today it was an awesome interview and he's a very insightful guy who knows a lot about uh you know just a lot about the rangers uh, cap situation and uh, the cba and european prospects and he's obviously an awesome and fascinating guy to talk to and he'll definitely be on the podcast in the future and uh, yeah, you know what, uh, I, James, I want to let you wrap this one up. I know I usually do it, but uh, yeah, I feel like it's 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 only fair that you should get to wrap this one up.
4: All right. Well, listen, I I'm super excited. Like I said before, this is the new era of the Rangers. This is the rebuilding. I think of something special. I have full trust in the coaching staff and management. Uh, you know, JD is the bridge. That has taken me from the 94 Stanley Cup to you know maybe a 2024 Stanley Cup. So, listen, from here it's just only going to get better, it's only going to be more exciting. We have some amazing young talent on the roster, we have some current all stars on the roster. We no longer have to deal with uh, the likes of sending uh, uh, Hendrik Lundquist to the all star games every year because he's the only one that's worthy. Um, This is a new look Rangers. It's an exciting Rangers team, an exciting organization. We're both lucky to be kind of a part of it now doing this podcast. And I cannot wait uh, for this week because I think the draft is the officially start of the new look Rangers.
2: Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast.